Who are the Mountain Meisters? Committing to the goal and galvanizing you and your team behind that one single focus. Being at peace with that fear and being okay with it. You gain a real appreciation for your life and for what you have. Learn about their extreme lives on rock, snow, and ice five days a week with your hosts, Russell Wilcox and Ben Shank. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Mountain Meister. Before we welcome our guest today, I'm going to give you a quick spoiler just because it's so good. We are giving away a kayak, a free Jackson kayak. Our guest today is a professional freestyle kayaker, and she has graciously offered to give one away for free. Stay tuned for later in the episode to find out how you can win. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Mountain Meister. This is Ben. Hey, guys. It's Russell. Today we welcome Emily Jackson. Emily is a professional kayaker, a wife, a mother, and a kayaking nomad. She grew up in an RV traveling to kayaking events to watch her world champion father, Eric Jackson, compete. At 12 years old, she got tired of sitting on the sidelines and started competing as a junior on the pro circuit. She is now a two-time world champion, a silver medalist in the 2011 World Championships, an eight-time Tiva Mountain Game winner, and a slalom paddler. Another notable victory was at the Payette River Games, where Emily competed at nine months pregnant. Emily, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on the show, Emily. We're really excited to have you here. You're our first freestyle kayaker. And just so the listeners heard correctly, Ben did bring up that you won a competition actually being nine months pregnant. And I know they may think that maybe. A little sketchy, but I actually know exactly why you did it. My mom, actually, when I was pregnant, was traveling. Whoa, when you were pregnant, Russ. <laughs> well, you know, when. so when my mom was pregnant, I, yes. I have yet to get pregnant, but when my mom was pregnant traveling to Hawaii, she did a lot of windsurfing and did some competitions, and I think I'm pretty healthy. I, I survived the whole thing. You and look so, great. <laughs> we actually want to dig into that in a little bit. So we're not going to go there quite yet. And we also want to dig into the Jackson family and everything you guys have done. But before we get started, let's learn a little bit more about freestyle kayaking and slalom kayaking, because I'm a little embarrassed that I didn't actually know slalom kayaking was a thing until I started doing a little research. And then it turns out it's in the Olympics. So tell us a little bit about what you do. So uh, basically, I try to call myself an all around whitewater kayaker. You know, I enjoy anything that's moving and liquid in my kayak. So I do just about anything, but uh, I'm particularly fond of freestyle kayaking as well as a little bit of slalom. And freestyle kayaking, I'm in a really short boat. So instead of trying to go fast, I'm actually in a boat that's only like five, six. Um, I cram myself in there. It's actually quite comfortable once you get used to it. But uh, I get one minute to compete on a feature in one location so basically one wave or one hole or somewhere where I can uh, put the bow of my kayak into the green water and use that momentum to actually shoot up into the air and perform uh, tricks it's kind of like uh, the half pipe of skiing what a great comparison Russell yeah. earlier was talking about half pipe in in skateboarding so I guess yeah. you guys are on the same wavelength there <laughs> yeah no Ooh, it's good exactly. pun yeah. oh. So slalom is basically, you know, going down the mountain in skis. It's a, it's very similar. I have a start line. 
uh, they go five, four, three, two, one, and I and I head out and I go down a, a section of white water that should take about a minute and a half. But in it, there's usually about 20 gates, and I have to try to go through these gates without touching them. And some are green and some are red. Green means go downstream, and red means actually come back upstream wow. through them. So it's really an interesting uh, sport. And it, it's been in the Olympics for a long time. My father competed in the 92 Olympics for it. And the kayaks are a little longer. They're like 11 feet, but uh, they're super fast. So it's really, really fun. Now, let's let's talk a little bit more about the freestyle kayaking because I, yeah. I think this is one of the goofiest looking things ever, but <laughs> it's great. So you said one feature. So basically there's this wave right? And, yes. and you're kind of in the wave. If the listeners need a little bit better of a description, it looks like Emily is going nowhere fast. Yeah. <laughs> There's water moving very quickly underneath her, but you're just staying in one position. And then all of a sudden, you'll just spring off of the water and do a front flip in a kayak, which is, which is pretty impressive, I would say. <laughs> I, where do you start? How do you start doing this kind of thing? Well, you know, the, the first thing you need to know how to do is once you flip upside down, you need to learn how to roll back up. So <laughs> going to take a class with someone that can help you do that will make your playboating or freestyle kayaking a lot more fun because freestyle kayaking, you're going to spend a lot of time upside down. Mm-hmm. And if you have to swim every single time, then it's going to be a long day of swimming and not very much kayaking. But uh yeah, you, you basically get started in a course or a lot of um, anywhere there's whitewater, there's usually a lot of outfitters or small mom and pop shops that offer clinics to people that are looking to get into it. So wherever you're living, if there's any type of whitewater, even flat water, there's usually an outfitter there that's willing to help you out. Yeah, I want to tell the listeners about a lesson learned from me at, at my expense. <laughs> the first time I did any sort of freestyle kayaking, my friend took me out to the ocean, and he's a pretty good kayaker. He had two of the shorter boats, and he was going to take me surfing on the kayaks. And yeah. so we're going. It seems like a blast. I catch a wave, and then I just nosedive. And then <laughs> I'm in the ocean. It's crazy. The waves are everywhere. And I can't flip myself back over. And it's one of the scariest things. I'm upside down. In the kayak. Yeah, because I nosed dove. And then I flipped in the water. And so I just had to push myself out of the boat and then drag the boat back to the shore. And so I really recommend going to one of the classes because I'm kind of scared right now about, (laughs) like, freestyle kayaking. So... Definitely check that out. We'll, we'll talk about some more of those resources a little, how to actually get started a little bit later. But um, talk a little bit about your experience with the Olympics. And did you actually go to the Olympics for slalom? I didn't get to go to the Olympics. The freestyle and the slalom, their schedules are terribly planned. So you're not really able to do both very well. I did go travel and do the World Cups for slalom for uh, about four months and that was a lot of fun I did have to miss a ton of freestyle events for that and those were the Olympic qualifications but because I wasn't previously ranked very high I wasn't really able to get into the Olympics due to not doing it full-time so they rank you over the years on you know continual Mm -hmm. races and for me to go in and and do pretty good at just a few just isn't quite enough because it's an over a long period of time to get the olympics it's pretty much a a four-year journey and i'm one of those people that you know sees squirrel and goes that way (laughs) but uh 
So freestyle kayaking is a little bit in the way for that. Maybe one day, but I'm waiting for freestyle to get in because that, that's really my baby. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Are they going to plan on implementing some freestyle kayaking in the Olympics? That seems to be your specialty yeah. from the videos I was watching, at least. Well, the uh, slalom kayaking is one of the most expensive disciplines in the Summer Olympics because they have to build a whitewater park. Wow. They have to generate electricity and all that water to go through the park. So it's usually about a $15 million project. Um, it's a lot more than building a running ring or something like that. So the Summer Olympics, you know, for a little while are trying to find ways to utilize the whitewater parks more. So they're looking into adding potentially some raft cross where it's teams of rafters go through the park. And then they're also looking to add freestyle kayaking. So cool. um, that'll be very exciting. We're hoping for 2020. But in the past, we never wanted to go into the Olympics just because Freestyle kayaking has been growing so quick. And in order to be an Olympic discipline, you got to hold on to your rules pretty strictly for four years. And four years ago, my kayak was a lot longer than five, six. So mm. <laughs> I'm glad we weren't in yet. We mentioned the uh, the front flips before. You're also doing all sorts of other tricks, 360s. It uh, looks like some sort of corkscrew trick. <laughs> I was reading an article, and there was a sentence that I didn't quite understand. It reads, Two weeks before the event, it was common for me to get both phonics monkeys in a ride, along with random tricky woos, back loop attempts, air loops, space Godzillas, and more. What are those? What are those? Well, the names are entertaining. You come up with a trick, you can give it a name. So it's almost a competition to speak. Who can be the most ridiculous? Just so I have to say I did a phonics monkey for the rest of my life. But... um the the moves they're all very different they rotate very differently on different ends of the boat so a back loop is very much like a front loop only i'm doing it reverse so a front loop i put the bow of my kayak into green water and then as if i threw a soccer ball into the water it wants to shoot back up same thing with my kayak it's full of air it shoots high up and then i do a, a forward somersault where a back loop it's the same thing only i put the back of my boat in and then do a full back loop in the air it's hard to describe this stuff through a podcast but you're doing a great job thank you i'm attempting i'm <laughs> attempting uh, phonics monkeys and stuff you know it's a 360 pirouette on the bow followed by a front loop so um there's lots of variations of how the moves work and you know it's all just about different rotations and the crazier the name usually means the more complicated they are. So phonics monkeys and tricky woos and stuff are high-scoring tricks that require multiple ends. So it's not just one initiation of my kayak. It, it involves me being balanced throughout the whole thing so I can continue rotating. <laughs> mm -hmm. This seems like pretty entertaining stuff to watch. I mean, I've seen videos. Has there ever been bleachers for a bunch of people to watch these competitions? <laughs> Most big events, they actually do bring in bleachers into the river. Um, whitewater parks are actually popping up all throughout the U.S. to make it more accessible for people, for stand-up paddle boarding, for surfers. So, for instance, this river that I'm at right now in Idaho, naturally, when they built the feature that I'm competing in, they made it so the whole bank was actually rocks down that works as bleachers for sitting. So it's natural. It looks good. You don't feel like you're in a cement 
area. It's all natural rock, and it works as bleachers for hundreds of people that will be here this weekend. It, it sounds like a fantastic atmosphere. Let's focus on one competition in particular. You heard me mention it in the bio, and it's coined the pregnant paddle. Um, okay, so nine months pregnant, and you enter a freestyle kayaking competition what were you thinking? And I'm sure a professional yeah. told you that this was okay. Yeah, I got pregnant with my husband after we've been married for five years. And I wasn't very excited about the idea of not being in the water, especially being pregnant in the summer. It's hot. Water feels good. I paddled from day one all the way through that event while being pregnant. I, I made a deal with myself that I would always listen to multiple doctors' opinions. They always say, like with people who run, you know, if you're continually to do something, your body's accustomed to it, then it's safe as long as there's no complications or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So like that, they said, you can't take a break and then jump back into it. You've got to stay in your boat, try to do it four or five times a week. And so that's exactly what I did. If I took three days off of my kayak, getting in didn't feel as great as it did when I did it every day. Hmm. Competing, like I said, is only one minute rides and that's all that. So when you think about it, I was out there kayaking a ton, but the time frame, normally I'd be out there for six hours if I could. And this time it's only maybe, you know, 15 minutes. But, you know, the doctors gave me full support. I showed them videos. They said, avoid any rocks. I competed in. <laughs> Five or six uh, events, and it, and it ended up just fine. So, uh, yeah, basically had my son three weeks after competing this event last year, and he's perfectly healthy. So <laughs> Incredible. I'm yeah. sure you've heard a ton of little snarky comments or little oh. jokes. Russell told me at lunch today that this was another kind of water birth, which <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my lunch didn't taste great after that one. Sure. Are there any other jokes that people have given you that you'd like to highlight? Oh, for sure, that I didn't need a spray skirt to keep water out. <laughs> I mean, I was pretty sure I got up to 198 pounds, which I'm not sure how that happened. And I stayed in my little kayak, so I was squirt boating the whole time, you know, <laughs> not boating very high. Um, there's this event, the organizers were very generous and actually... And I was embarrassed, but they had a helicopter here at the event just in case I needed to go to Boise afterwards. I was like, wait, you don't need to bring a helicopter. They're like, we'll feel more comfortable. If you're going to compete, we want a helicopter here. I was like, oh, my goodness. But lots of comments all the time. We have a a guy who emcees multiple of our events, and he watched me get more and more pregnant, and his jokes got worse and worse. (laughs) So why did you do it? Why did you do the pregnant paddle? Were you trying to prove something? Not at all. No? Not at all. I love kayaking. I'm someone that thinks a lot. I've got a lot going on. I I work for my parents' company. I take that very personally. Um, I'm a perfectionist in a lot of things I do. And kayaking is just a a release for me. When I get out there in the water, I'm not thinking about absolutely anything other than how beautiful the wave is, you know, the landscape around me, how good the water feels on my skin, how much fun it is to be upside down getting tumbled, you know. So taking that out of my day-to-day when I've been so used to it for, you know, my whole entire life and not being able to do it really mentally would probably put me under more stress and more harm towards my son than me getting that opportunity to be completely relaxed and completely happy for, you know, uh, that time frame during the day. And that's why I kayak, period. There's nothing to prove. There's 
no one to show off to. It's just it's just all about how kayaking makes you feel. Well, the funny part is too. You had your child. What's his name Tucker. again? Uh, Tucker. Tucker. I thought yeah. you were going to name him after a wave or something, but Tucker's pretty good. I, I like his, that name. Space Godzilla. <laughs> yeah, he does have River in his middle name, so that's as close as I was going to get. <laughs> oh, nice. So then I saw this article where you're talking a little bit about it, and I guess you were afraid that your child wasn't going to be able to sleep very well because he was kicking so much. He really <laughs> wanted to be moving around. Uh, kind of leads right into just having Jackson as your last name. I feel like, uh, not Michael Jackson and that family, but uh, <laughs> Different one. Their, their own family who has one of the, or it is pretty much the, the world's leader. largest uh, kayak manufacturer. And it had a very interesting story of how it all came about. I'll let you tell the story since uh, it's your family. Yeah, no, well, uh, my dad started kayaking when he was like 15 years old with my grandfather. And really fell in love with it. He started training for it. You know, my dad's got not an ego, but he's a very confident person. So the second he got in a kayak, he was like, I'm going to be the best kayaker ever. (laughs) So he spent his whole life traveling, competing. He met my mom on the shore of a kayak event in Vermont. She lied about her age. So that way he would hang out with her. And they got married two years later and had me. And then I've got a brother that's three years younger. And I've actually got another brother that's only five years old now. My parents decided they wanted more kids because I was getting too old. Um, (laughs) They weren't having as much fun with me, I guess, because I talked back. But uh, we are the Jackson Five. Uh, (laughs) My mom does not kayak. My father is a four-time world champion. He went to the 92 Olympics for slalom. He's won just about every event that exists out there. Um, he's One thing that he's better at than kayaking is competing. And so when he kind of turned his life over to kayaking, he wanted Dane and I to do it with him. But all the kayaking brands said that there's no market for children in kayaking. My dad was like, that's the silliest thing ever. You've got all these sports where you have these kids coming up and they're the people that, you know, they're the future of our sport. And if you're not catering to them at all, then we're not going to have a future. So when no one would listen to him, he decided to start his own kayak company. And now we're the largest whitewater manufacturing company in the world. And the very first kayak he came out with was a kayak that was called a Fun One. And the max weight in it is about 70 pounds. So <laughs> doesn't fit Russell. <laughs> no, definitely doesn't, doesn't fit any of us anymore. But uh, so yeah, he started the kayak company and We live out of an RV for about 10 months out of the year, traveling from event to event, competing. My brother in the junior men's class, myself, I was in the junior ladies class, and my dad did the seniors, and um, I was homeschooled. So the whole lifestyle was 100% based around kayaking and uh, just being together as a family, doing sports together. And yeah, we basically went from there. And now a lot of that energy has moved into... uh, you know, we're competitive with the kayak company, too. We want to come out with the best designs. And, you know, my dad was just counting the other day. I think our designs have won, like, 25 out of 35 world medals in the last wherever. So, I mean, it's we're doing quite well. And, yeah, it's a whole other chapter of the of the Jackson clan. So Really a neat entrepreneurial story. You guys, yeah. are, you guys are just a bunch of kayak junkies. Your dad and your brother's a professional freestyle kayaker. Sounds like Tucker will be at some point, or I don't know if that counts for a championship during the pregnancy. But did you ever not want to kayak? 
I did. Um, I've always, I don't know if it's comparisons or what, but I grew up more timid than my brother is for sure when it comes to throwing myself off waterfalls and that kind of stuff. I don't really like the concept of doing anything that is in a stressful environment at all. And for me, stuff that's life-threatening can be a little stressful. So I tend to avoid that a little more than my family does. So when I was 12, I was surrounded always by like the best kayakers, period. I mean, my dad, you know, he was one of the best. And it was just a lot of pressure for me because I felt like if I was going to get in a kayak, I had to be really, really good. And it kind of scared me out of getting in the kayak because I felt like I was just failing him over and over again when I wouldn't get my role right away or if I'd swim or something. Mm-hmm. And then when I was 12, I actually just didn't really have much going for me. I was homeschooled, so I was alone a lot. There wasn't very many girls my age. And you sit there on the sidelines and you watch these people have this amazing time, the biggest smiles on their face. And you're just like, you want to be there, but you're not really sure yet. So when I was 12, I decided to take the plunge. And uh, it was one of the first times in my life that instead of my dad asking me to get in the river with him, I went up to him. I was like, do you think you could take me kayaking today? Mm. He was dumbfounded, but I'm pretty sure I went out with him every single day since then. So it's pretty much just had to be my call. And it took a little while for me to figure that out. But uh, once I did, uh, it was well worth the wait. (laughs) So now going through that whole situation, you now have a child of your own. Do you think you'll be living out of an RV and competing all around the country and bringing him with you? Um. Not traveling isn't really an option. On Monday, I fly to France and Spain with Tucker. He's already been more places than I can count. I do own an RV, (laughs) a Class B that my husband and I live out of with two dogs. So I don't see, you know, it's such a good lifestyle. You learn so much in general that I, you know, I'm so appreciative of the way that I grew up that I feel like I owe it to Tucker to give him at least the same opportunities that I've had. Whether he decides to be a kayaker or not is 100% on him. But uh, seeing how much fun we're having, I can only guess he'll want to dive in at one point. Yeah, it's funny. And if you just think about the kinds of choices your parents make when you're younger and you just don't understand them and you get older and you realize it wasn't selfish. It was actually because they thought it was the right thing for you. And for me, I guess what comes to my mind is, why did my dad make me stack wood in the basement all winter or whatever to get ready? And now I realize that I'm paying for oil in my house that <laughs> um, I want to start to make some fires so I could save some money. And it, I think that it was like good lessons when I was younger, mm-hmm. too. So, so to kind of move on, the way that Ben found you is pretty interesting. He just typed in best kayaker in the world and i'm not sure if i'm embarrassing him right now but (laughs) your name popped up and so since we have the best kayaker in the world could you give (laughs) our listeners a uh gear recommendation a gear recommendation oh yeah for sure well i think a lot of you might not be all the way into kayaking yet but if you're just hoping to go in the water and protect your feet I like pink, so my Sperry Topsiders, I wear these, they're called H2O Escapes, and uh, they drain water really well, and they're lightweight, since I like lightweight shoes, and uh, they're fantastic on any type of rock or sand or anything that's slippery, so if you're supping, if you're rafting, if you're going to the beach, uh, they're definitely my go-to. If you want to go all the way into the kayaking, then, uh, you know, I paddle a Jackson Kayak Rockstar, and uh, it's the best playboat that I've ever paddled, for sure. (laughs) Comes in pink also. So for the ladies out there, I'm all 
pink oriented. You got to let them know that you're a girl. (laughs) Great recommendations, Emily. We'll be sure to throw those on your Meister profile page on our website, mtnmeister.com. And also the Jackson family has decided to give us a kayak to give away to our listeners. That was nice of them. Really nice. I know. It's crazy. So that'll be on our website too. But the way to win is all you have to do is take a picture of why you need the kayak so much. Be creative. That's very important. Ben and I are going to choose the winner. So post your picture on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, whatever works best for you. Just use the hashtag Jackson Meister, and then Ben and I will be able to track it, and then we'll let you know if you won. Now, Russell, tell us what kind of Jackson kayak this is. This is a Jackson Riviera kayak, and it's one of the easiest kayaks to use on the market. So check that out and go to our website if you want any more details on how to win, mtnmeister.com. Another question we had for you, Emily, is kayaks, they they last for a while. You talked about how your innovation and designs at Jackson, what's what's the next big thing in kayak manufacturing? Well, like I said, the boats keep getting shorter and shorter. Um, Just recently, they made a huge leap in the sense that the hauls are shorter but faster. So when you're in a freestyle kayak, you want a fast boat so you can catch greener waves, so you can keep up with the water, basically. And before, in order to be fast enough to surf those things, you had to be in this really long boat. But now, somehow, they've managed to make it. So the kayaks got a lot shorter, but the haul speed got way way faster. So the moves people are doing on these little waves are better and better. But the next big thing, long boats are coming back out. People are going old school. They like to get thundered in these 13-foot boats. So uh, all the manufacturers are coming out with these uh, these huge kayaks right now that are meant for speed and downriver racing. So that's been a lot of fun. Yeah, cool. It's amazing how fast you can go in some of these long, skinny boats, too. <laughs> it's crazy. Mm-hmm. You, you wouldn't think it in uh so you do a lot of traveling, too. You were telling me that you travel to Uganda quite a bit. Is that for the types of rivers, or why do you actually travel there? There's multiple reasons why I travel to Uganda. For starters, the Nile River goes through there. Uh, it's one of the biggest rivers in the world, and uh, it's about as hot as a bathtub. It's super fun. Um, for us, it's we escape winter. You know, when we're kayaking and you do it, 12 months out of the year, sitting somewhere where there's snow on the ground isn't ideal at all and usually means that there isn't good kayaking, period. So Uganda is, you think, where's the warmest and where's the most fun? So big water, warm water is definitely my number one spot. The best waves uh, that I think ever that are warm are in Uganda. So that's why I always go there. There is another reason I do go there also because, you know, I like to immerse myself in different cultures and going to Uganda will make you the most grateful person ever just because they might be the happiest people you've ever seen with the littlest amount of stuff. So uh, it's definitely a lesson learned every time. When you were there, I had heard this interesting story about you as a 13 year old, you're there kayaking and your father actually gets malaria while he's down there. And as a 12 or 13 year old, you, you have this aha moment and You say, you know, I really want to help with that. And you searched around a little bit and you donate a bunch of your winnings to actually help out malaria. And how did you have that that kind of awareness as a 13-year-old to be donating prize money? Um, My first time to Africa, period, I was actually nine years old and I didn't kayak yet. 
Um, my dad was kayaking there. I wasn't a boater, and I definitely wasn't ready for those rivers. And as a small child, I had already seen how different living conditions can be. Um, and, I, and that stayed with me always growing up, just, just remembering these, you know, those kids, that the biggest white smiles you've ever seen with no clothes or anything, no food. Always, uh, since I was nine years old, I always wanted to do something. And malaria, you know, I, I got to learn quite a bit about it after my father got it traveling there when I was older. He had it really, really bad. He came home only weighing 140 pounds. He was super sick. And our friend who was going to school to be a doctor, she's the one with the big aha moment. And she sat around wondering, wait a minute, all of us are visiting and getting sick. But there's, you know, millions of people who live here. And how are they not like lying on the floor right now, all of them? And when she went around, she realized that they most of them all do have malaria and that it's the largest killer of pregnant women and children under five. And the stats on it were terrifying. So she, as a doctor, decided to look into just educating people on it and was shocked to find that no one knew what caused malaria there in a well-educated country. So um, we went back a couple years later, right after I had just won my first Teva Mountain Games, uh, and I got second at the Reno River Festival and, and placed in a couple other events. And the ladies got a little upset that I was taking all this prize money. So I figured this was my opportunity to uh, to make a point with it and, and see how far even the littlest bit of money could go and paid for a doctor to work in a, a center in uh, Uganda for a year that we helped open up and get started. And now it sees like 70 patients a day. Um, and it's uh, added an affordable cost for local Ugandans. So the biggest thing is just education and prevention and being a part of that, even if just a little bit, is definitely very uh, life-changing, to say the least, I guess. Yeah, really a neat story. Thank you. I mean, 350 to 500 million people affected by malaria each year, I think, is the stat that Russell was showing me really doing some meaningful things uh, in addition to your kayaking career. Congratulations on all, all your accomplishments, Emily. Congratulations on being named a mountain meister by us. That's probably at the top of the list, at least in yeah. my opinion. <laughs> thank you for joining us on the show today. Oh, thank you guys for having me. It was great. Hope to see you on the water. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you don't see us on the water, actually. But, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, for laughs, it'd be good. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah and for our listeners, check out... Uh, jacksonkayak.com for any more of their boats and then also you can see the resources we talked about on today's show at our website mtnmeister.com so thanks again emily hey meister fans i hope you enjoyed that episode with emily jackson the jackson family was so nice and they did something really cool but i kind of forget what what was it again ben this is a Jackson Kayak Riviera giveaway, Russell. Oh, that's right. I totally slipped my mind. So, what is this kayak used for? Like, is this going over cliffs, or is this just chilling? What do you use it for? This kayak is known as a touring kayak. It's the Jackson Kayak Riviera. Really easy to use, great for floating down the river, easy to paddle, comfortable. It requires no maintenance. It basically fits paddlers of any size. So, I guess, what do you have to do to win this kayak? To win this kayak, Russell, our listeners need to take a picture of why they need a new kayak. 
Maybe it's going to be funny. Maybe it's going to be inspiring. Maybe it'll be just a really creative picture. That's what we want to see from you, Meister fans. And to submit your pictures, just post them on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. Use the hashtag Jackson Meister, and you can check out our website for more details. After I win the picture contest, because I may slip in an anonymous name, how much is it going to cost me? <laughs> this will cost you zero dollars. Normally, Russell, this kayak would cost you hundreds upon hundreds of dollars. But since both Jackson Kayak and us are just really cool people, we're giving it to you for free. Not you, but somebody else. Seems simple enough. Join us tomorrow on the show and we have Cam Don't. Cam teaches wilderness medicine all around the world and is quite the adventurer. So we're going to talk to him about what he does and then also some funny experiences he's had along the way. It's a really fun conversation. So we'll talk to you then. 